0: Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. It is the start of 2019. Hopefully you did not make any bad decisions last night on New Year's Eve. Hopefully you you were smart enough to Uber or do like I did and just stay home and watch TV on the couch to bring in your 2019. But if you didn't, if you found yourself in trouble or you know someone who found themselves in trouble, uh, tell them this. Before they say guilty, say Garza. GarzaLaw.com, Marcos Garza and his team are East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyers. They also do criminal defense and personal injury. But if you are in need of a lawyer, keep that name in mind, Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Give them this phone number, 865-540-8300. The answer calls 24-7. They will get in touch with you, and they will help you get your best result possible in your case. All right, let's get to the show. It's a basketball edition with Will Warren uh, taking a snapshot of Tennessee's basketball team, looking ahead to the SEC schedule. Let's get to it. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's the dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. Enough. <laughs> thirty-eight in a row. As in thirty-eight on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Happy New Year. A new edition of Reed's Ranch kicking off 2019. Will Warren joins us. Let me get switched back over to the YouTube stream. All right, there we go. We got uh, the YouTube stream going again for the patrons. If you want to watch along with us in the future, you can interact there, ask questions. Uh, So far right now, Tennessee basketball made it to uh, SEC play with one loss, just the lone loss to Kansas. Right. Probably a little ahead of where
1: most people expected, too.
0: Is that fair to say? Well, I think on the court in terms of where, uh, I, I guess, how they look, and the margin of victory against a lot of these teams, yeah, sure, probably ahead of where people thought. But I, I think most people would have said Tennessee would have had one loss at this point. Is that wrong? I I, I expected to. I didn't.
1: I wasn't sure they'd beat either uh, Kansas or Gonzaga, just because I knew the, both of those teams were in my head, a bit ahead of the pack in college basketball this year. And, you know, as we had discussed prior to the Gonzaga game, you really needed Tennessee to prove themselves in a big game
0: at some point, and okay. they did. Okay. So you you look at – you didn't think coming into the year that Tennessee would win one of the Kansas-Gonzaga. You thought I th- they would I lose thought both they, of them.
1: I thought they could. I Well, I'll say I thought they would end a non-conference play with two losses. Maybe, okay. maybe you win one of those, but you blow it at Memphis or – you go okay. the West Virginia game, one of those, but you know West Virginia's not looking good at all. So yeah, West the, the, Virginia
0: West Virginia looks awful.
1: Yeah, they they likely are not going to make the tournament.
0: Like right now,
1: in terms of which stinks for Tennessee's uh, you know resume, but that's a win at least.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're not going to be a, any any quality of a win, right? Like no. that, they're going to be looked at as basically all risk, little reward, right? Right, so yeah, they
1: West Virginia's eight and four they've lost you know, they lost that home game to Buffalo early, which looked bad for about two weeks, and now Buffalo looks like they might be a you know early 2010s butler, but uh, yeah, it's not gonna be a quality win really, like I said, they may not even make the tournament so. yeah poor
0: poor West Virginia like this time you know in August, yeah, in August they were on top of the world. Had a top ten football team. Had a a guy they thought they were going to win the Hosman, and now fast forward, they went eight and four. Will Greer didn't even get invited to New York. Mm-hmm. Dana Holgerson says, "I'm going to Houston," which I mean obviously makes sense if you just compare the city of Houston to to Morgantown, right? But that compared with like or combined, I guess, with the basketball team being, as you said, just pretty awful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not a good time.
1: Not fun. <laughs> Not fun. And, te- and to cap it off, they had the list of candidates this morning, and Butch Jones is in their top three, so.
0: Yeah. um, sure, seems, Surely not, but. That seems really dumb that Butch Jones would be <laughs> in their top three. Like, I get it if they have to go there, like, in in a situation where it's, like, break in case of emergency, but the fact that West Virginia has Butch Jones in the top three of their candidates would be really frightening to me. Yeah if I was a West Virginia fan is it basically just on the strength of hey he was a wide receiver's coach there i, th- I think for their two years? their
1: deal at this point is they look who who uh was an assistant with Rich Rodriguez and they just keep going down the list and yeah. see who can we afford okay so seems like a fun time so yeah bad
0: bad uh bad last 3 or 4 months for them their basketball team stinks tennessee gets to sec play with one loss no losses in regulation. People forget that. No losses in regulation. Quite frankly,
1: I feel like they should be undefeated. They really should. Had Had Grant Williams not fouled out with, what was it, two and a half minutes ago in the Kansas game? Yeah. I don't think they lose it.
0: I just think even if they had a better plan when he did foul out. Like, if they, if they had had the plan they had against Gonzaga when Grant Williams fouled out where basically it's just yeah. admiral takeover, I think they win the Kansas game. But there was that couple possessions where they just looked lost and they ended up losing them the game. Right. But getting there with one loss, getting to SEC play, now it's time to, I guess, go. And overall, the SEC is as good, not as good, better than you thought they would be? Uh, I would say worse than I thought it would be. Yeah, it, it feels that way, right? Like I know Kentucky has started to play a little bit better. People think Kentucky has turned a corner, but... To me, with the way Florida looks, and is there any? Are, are there any other teams that are that are top level besides Auburn? Like, is it just Auburn and Tennessee? And, I think and Missi- Kentucky, Mississippi State, is right there
1: on the cusp. They, they've they've been pretty consistently in the top twenty of Ken Palm uh, the first two months of the okay, season. Okay, so
0: you're buying them as a legitimate team.
1: Yeah, I'm not buying them as a team that wins the regular season SEC, but I am buying them as someone who's tough to beat.
0: Okay, okay, because to me, they felt. I keep thinking of Mississippi State as yeah we'll see what happens whenever they actually getting to get into SEC play right like they struggled earlier in the year with somebody that was pretty bad right yeah they were down at was it were they down at half to McNeese State or or someone like that or Wofford maybe a couple of weeks ago it was McNeese State and Wofford they were down fifty to forty one at, at halftime against Wofford and then blew them out in the second half but yeah like they they I keep buying them as kind of somewhere like in between somewhere as a a bubble team yeah I keep buying them as a bubble team that you know probably goes 10 and 8 in the SEC I
1: I guess I would say I'd say 11 or 12 wins okay so you think they're better than that yeah I do want to see what happens when they play an actual good schedule here coming up because you know Wofford is a good team Clemson they they beat Clemson they beat Dayton they beat St. Mary's all of whom are like goodish teams that aren't great and they did beat Cincinnati at home, which counts for something. But what happens when you play Florida, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee? You know, even the you know the lower tier potential bubble teams like LSU and Ole Miss. What happens there?
0: All right. So heading into the first weekend of conference play, right? And conference play kicks off on Saturday. Tennessee has a home game against Georgia. Of course, the last time Tennessee played Georgia, they were wrapping up the conference championship, or at least a split of it. You know that was the Admiral game where he he was a madman. You know he saves that. You know he's saving balls from going out of bounds. He's he's dunking. He's hitting the. You know Tennessee was up one, mm-hmm. running the clock down, and he hits the. You know a shot that gives them a three point lead with, you know not much time left. So this was Admiral's crowning moment last year. Georgia not very good so far. No, right? not at all.
1: They they uh, lost to Georgia State by twenty four. They they do have a, a they did beat Georgia Tech on the road uh, by two fewer points than Tennessee did, which is a fine win. Georgia Tech seems to be at least okay.
0: Yeah, Georgia's eight and four, so the record doesn't look bad.
1: But but the like I said, the best win is Georgia Tech. They lost at home to Arizona State, who just lost to Princeton, uh, lost by twenty four to Georgia State, lost by fifteen to Clemson.
0: An early look at Tennessee Georgia has Tennessee. Projected to win by what? Have you done the numbers on that yet? Okay, so you think uh, around a 14, 15-point win?
1: Yeah, it'll be at least a 12 to uh, 13-point spread. All
0: right, we've had this question last week, and me and Seth talked about it. I'll get your thoughts on it. We were asked when Tennessee's next loss is coming. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you're looking at the schedule, and after this, Tennessee does go on the road. uh, Missouri, what does Missouri project at right now? Like, is Missouri a, a tournament team, or... I felt like once Deontay Porter went out, they were pretty much doomed.
1: I, I don't think they're a tournament team. They're probably a lower-end NIT team, but it's a it's another deal where, you know, no road game in the SEC is very easy. Compare them to Memphis. Uh, a, a little better.
0: Okay, so not much better, a couple points better maybe?
1: Yeah, I, I well, I think the spread on that one is probably going to only be Tennessee by six or so, but uh, – I don't know. It, it it's going to be interesting to see what Missouri brings because I haven't really. I, I saw their game when they played Kennesaw State uh, back in November, a, a bottom three hundred Ken team, and they struggled with them till the very end. But it, supposedly they've gotten quite a bit better since. So
0: do you think Tennessee goes to Missouri and wins?
1: Yes. But to answer the actual question of next loss, I've said Florida since the start of the season.
0: Okay, so you think Tennessee is just going to get 2-0 in the SEC and then get caught by Florida.
1: Yeah, not that I think Florida is a world-beating team or uh, really on the level that a lot of their fans expected at the beginning of the season. But you have to lose eventually, and that's the most likely one. We don't have to. Uh,
0: Yes, but that's— There's like no actual rule that you have to lose. Yeah, well,
1: you're legally required to lose. Eventually. You can you can
0: keep going and just keep winning and winning and winning and winning. You could, which it wouldn't surprise me like at all if Tennessee made it to Kentucky undefeated yeah. in conference. Like it wouldn't surprise
1: me. And I do want to note that at, it, even if Tennessee loses to Florida, you know I'm looking at the schedule here on Ken Palm. They're going to be favored by at least four points in every in the next nine games, including the West Virginia game. So you have a real chance of at probably at worst getting to ten and one in SEC play to start.
0: Yeah, the schedule's doing Tennessee a lot of favors, allowing them to to build a lead in conference, it feels like. Right. Like the last, you know, six or seven games is tougher. Yeah, and the the
1: last five in particular are all going to be Really tough halls where you sure. have at LSU, at Ole Miss, home Kentucky, home Mississippi State, at Auburn. Yeah, like and at Auburn probably will decide the SEC title.
0: There's a little bit of what's going on, a little bit of the opposite, I guess, of what happened last year. Right? It felt like Auburn had the easier schedule at first, mm-hmm. and then when they got to the last three or four game stretch, you looked and they they ended up going two and two, right, and letting Tennessee yeah. catch them. Like they they had a couple of tough games, whereas Tennessee was had a manageable slate. Yeah.
1: Well, and that, and it was a different deal for them, I thought, because they only really went six or seven deep the whole sure. way. And that's kind of Pearl's thing some some years when he knows he's only got seven or eight guys that can play. And they play. even had he's an injury, right? The... And they had an injury, right, yeah, towards had, the end of last year? they had an injury in the final couple games, yeah. which really shortened that rotation. But you could tell uh, those two games, even the first round game of the NCAA tournament where they beat Charleston, they looked really tired. And yeah. it showed when they got blown out by Clemson. Yeah. And you know that's it's going to be tough at the end of the season for Tennessee in that res- in that respect. But when you have this stretch in SEC play coming up after Florida, where it's a lot of pretty easy games, mm-hmm. you know that that allows you to get maybe you can finally get Derek Walker in a rhythm where he hasn't looked good all year. Uh, maybe you get Fulkerson even more minutes. Jalen Johnson could prove to be a bigger part of the rotation. Shout out
0: to Fulkerson for uh, dominating Tennessee Tech.
1: Yeah, uh, shout out to uh Roger Hoover for uh calling him the trash man. I like that.
0: Call him the trash man. I didn't watch any of the Tennessee Tech game. Well, unfortunately. I didn't I watch a, I, didn't, I didn't watch a second of it. Like <laughs> whenever I read your projection on 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 the Patreon, you you were good to go with that. Point. Once I saw that it was supposed to be like what what you project project like a 39 point game, 36, but Okay. Same thing. Yeah, once or once or I saw that I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to watch it." I kept tabs on it. It was playing out like you said. I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to uh To waste any of my day doing that made a good choice ultimately when we're comparing you know last year to this year you know you talked about auburn being shallow like they they didn't have any depth that doesn't feel like it's something that tennessee's gonna have to answer right like this tennessee team we feel like i don't want to say can sustain injuries Mm -hmm. but i do feel like they could sustain a couple injuries not to grant or admiral or maybe even alexander but i feel like a couple of the wing players are interchangeable for short term for short term i guess like if, if you told me somebody had to miss two weeks i wouldn't think it was the end of the world i actually had this thought last night when i was uh, thinking about our podcast today
1: what is the best player tennessee could lose for the season on like february 12th and still make it to the elite eight yeah because i mean look i don't think you can really go above alexander because i think william schofield and bone all would be Pretty brutal
0: losses. Do you still have do you still have Alexander as Tennessee's third best player, or has Bone passed him? because Bone's I, been, I think
1: Bone's passed him, but that's that doesn't discount that Alexander has made serious improvements this year offensively.
0: Okay, so when you're saying you can't go above Alexander, so you have William Schofield, Bone as untouchable, you can't sustain an injury to those guys? Uh,
1: definitely not Williams and Schofield. Bone you can make an argument against because if Turner comes back sure. healthy eventually, right. if that's going to be a thing, then you can maybe get away with that, and you know this is not to say that one injury to either Williams or Schofield would wreck the team necessarily. You remember, Oregon two years ago sustained a uh, Chris Boucher. Boucher, I don't remember. He was their second best player. They lost him in the Pac-12 tournament. They went to the Final Four. You it, with yeah, good but co- vi- with
0: good coaching, you can overcome. Sure, but with Virginia last year, they lost their sixth man and they got bounced by a 16 seed. Yeah. And people, but I mean, two. That's not. I don't. I don't want to sound like that's revisionist history, or, or you know, looking at hindsight. Like when that guy went out, people looked, and, you know, Tennessee was in that same region. I was like, wow, okay, cool. Like we, this got a lot easier. Virginia is going to really struggle without that guy. Like we knew yes. that at that time, and of course, I don't think we thought they were going to lose as a one seed going against a sixteen, but. You thought their ceiling might have gone to Sweet 16, and the yeah. question was, get to the Elite
1: Eight. You definitely didn't think anyone was. You definitely didn't think they were gonna get past, say, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. You didn't think they were getting there. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think to some of the bench guys, like you, you can probably sustain the loss of Bowden or Ponds. Definitely a Fulkerson. Definitely, uh, you know, the Jalen Johnson types, mm-hmm. but. Once you start hitting the William Schofield bones here, it becomes really hard to say, okay, this team's still going to be all right to make
0: a deep run in March. Yeah. So you, when you're ranking Tennessee's players right now, you go Grant or Admiral 1?
1: Grant 1. Uh, and Grant's he, still the best player? Yeah, and you know, the, the, I want people to really this is coming from someone who said Schofield was the best player last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like that we're giving Admiral the kind of early sec player of the year content uh, consideration and he deserves it he is a great player but this is kind of ignoring that grant has been in my opinion one of the three to five best players in the nation so far he he, he has stepped up his game to a level i didn't really think was possible for him and he, I, I had the stat that i sent to you um over the weekend where uh, grant williams has had 17 and ones this year which no one else in the SEC has more than 10, which is pretty crazy. Uh-huh. And he's a perfect 17 of 17 on the free throws following.
0: So, yeah, like he's getting to the line consistently yeah. with his post play and then actually paying it off. Yeah, those are true three-point plays every time Old right school. Now. Those are the ones that make your, your grandfather happy. Or your yeah. or your or your dad who hates the three point line. <laughs> your dad who says that they don't play defense in the NBA and and that the three point line has ruined basketball. Shout out to all of you uh, these holidays who watch the NBA Christmas games and your uh, dad said I the three to... point line was a bad thing. Oh, my my mine didn't go with the three point line bad thing. Mine just went with the traveling. Mine mine's convinced that they travel every play in the NBA. You should have shown him the James Harden videos. I didn't have any. I didn't have any. <laughs> well, the 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 bad part about that is usually. At that, in those situations, at least for me, like I don't have a good enough internet access to yeah. to pull up videos to uh, to further the point. I just ignore it. But you know, Grant Williams is doing old school three point plays, right? And still being able to go in and get you a bucket when you need them. So Grant's still the best player, Admiral number two. So you think Bone has surpassed Alexander? Because last year you were you know early. On the train of Alexander might be Tennessee's most important or unsung player, their X factor, I guess you could say. I, like, I would at, still say he's
1: that X factor, yeah. Okay, be, because you know, if say if he went out like he did in the Loyola game, then you are starting John Fulkerson, and you know, Fulkerson is much improved this year, but you are not gonna find a fan who's comfortable with Fulkerson over Alexander for a full forty minutes.
0: But who takes Tennessee to a next level, though? Like, uh, not let's not let's not remove them. Let's okay. say if you can get an A plus game from them or an A game, or B-plus, just a really good game for them. Who takes Tennessee to a higher level, a B-plus Jordan Bone or a B-plus Kyle Alexander? I think it's Bone because
1: Bone is the bigger threat on offense. And to his credit, I think he's gotten quite a bit better at pick-and-roll defense this year. On the whole, Tennessee's pick-and-roll defense is not as good as it was last year. Some of that is just bad luck. I think I sent the stat to you where – You know, opponents have had, they've shot something like 33 threes on pick and rolls and have made 20, which is, that's unsustainable. Say say that one more time. There are 20 of 33 on pick and roll threes so far, opponents are, which is an unsustainable rate. Yeah. You can't really control that if you've got a hand in the face. Uh, But I I think Bone is, especially, it, it helps, especially in offense that he's gotten. So much more assertive of his own shot. I'm still not a big fan of the mid-range pull-ups. I just in general with any player, I don't like when Schofield takes them. I don't. I still, you know, I like. I'm fine with Williams taking them because at this point you just assume they're going to go in. But he's the only guy I'm okay with it. Uh, he has that Lamarcus Aldridge type game. But with, with Bone and you, you see, like he's he's just. His ball distribution is so much better. I tweeted on Saturday that he understands tempo and pace better than any point guard Tennessee's had since C.J. Watson. Uh, like his game in transition can
0: really take Tennessee to another level. So do you think he's actually turned a corner? This isn't like yes. a hot. This isn't just like a hot streak. This is him becoming. No, he looks a like a top level player. SEC player or a top level player in the country, like a yeah. top level point guard in the country. I guess I should say. I think so, and because to Mason- me it seemed like it really didn't hit another gear until the Memphis game. Like, to me, it seems yeah. like this has been a hey, Penny Hardaway pushed me. Go to hell, Penny Hardaway. I'm about to ball out for the next couple of games. And, like, to me, there's been a real big spike. You know, early in the season, he looked better, but it was still a little bit inconsistent. But couldn't you say the same thing about Admiral prior to the Gonzaga game? Well, that one to me feels like it uh... with Admiral. Well, with Admiral, with me, with Admiral, he had shown it last year. Okay. Like, Bone is doing things now that we haven't seen Bone do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Bone's playing the best he's ever played in his career, whereas Admiral, we saw a really good month and a half from him last year and a slow-ish start against inferior opponents. Yeah. And even even against Kansas, like, he wasn't... He wasn't good until overtime. He wasn't great, but his numbers, you look at the end of the game and his numbers are still good, and you're like, okay, yeah, like, that's about what we expect from Schofield. With Bone to me, like this is the best he's played ever. His entire career.
1: And I want to clarify like he's doing this despite shooting eleven of forty six from three on the year, which is way below his career rate. Once he starts hitting those threes, I think you're gonna see him become even more important to the game.
0: Yeah, so it's not and, like he's just... I
1: have I have faith like eventually those threes are gonna go down. He's getting generally good shots aside from the really annoying, you know, two seconds on the shot clock, step back, guarded threes. Which have not gone in at all. But, you know, he's he's getting when he comes off screens, when he's even when he's coming off pick and roll and stepping into the shot, those are good shots. You want him to take those. Yeah. And so I, I have faith like eventually that's gonna level out, and he's had a couple better games recently from three. So
0: like if you look at his totals, and maybe the biggest thing Bone's done is distribute while Taking care of the basketball, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the – do, do stat nerds – with all due respect, stat nerds. I'm not saying it as a, a derogatory term. It's nothing
1: personal. Right, it's Business. nothing personal.
0: It's just a, a, a stat nerd. You're a stat nerd. I like that about you. Do stat nerds still value assist-to-turnover ratios? Yeah, I I do. Because, you know, se. like some some stats are like, well, that's not actually that important. Here's what you need to look at, and they'll give you some other type of metric to judge. So for point guards, assist-to-turnover ratio is still important, Right. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you
1: want your point guard to be not turning it over in general. You want your turnover rate to turnover rate to be as low as possible. Sure. And Bones has been pretty good so far. Oh yeah,
0: no, I was going to run through them. Like, if we're looking, and I'll, I'll ignore the early season stuff, and I'll even ignore some of the games that you know we're playing against completely overmatched teams. But against Louisville, six assists, one turnover. Against Kansas, five assists, one turnover. Gonzaga. Nine assists, three turnovers. Actually struggled against Memphis, three assists, five turnovers. Uh, but against Samford, eleven to eleven and two. Wake Forest, five and one. And then it all kind of you know really came to a head against Tennessee Tech, where he had ten assists, one turnover. So he's like he's distributing the basketball, and you could see a, a pretty big uptick, you know, basically since Memphis. You know, he's gone. Right. What were what we looking at? Twenty six and four. Yeah. Twenty six assists to four turnovers. So. I don't know if that's sustainable, but when you go back and you look at Louisville and you look at Kansas, and you know, Kansas is right there in terms of best teams in the country, and, and Louisville is okay. They're solid. Like They're probably not a tournament team. That's fair to say, right? No, I think Louisville's a tournament team. You think they're going to be a tournament team? Okay, like, Low end, but a tournament team. I, I thought maybe they'll get on the bubble, but be on the wrong side of it. Just I watched a little bit of that Kentucky game, and they didn't look very good against Kentucky, so I well, thought maybe yeah. they had you know trended the wrong way a little bit but either way like even against those teams he was you know five assists six assists one turnover mm-hmm. like i don't know if the double digit assists like that's that's really hard for a a college point guard to do but he can get five or six pretty easily and if he's yeah. doing that with turning the ball over uh, really infrequently then yeah like bone does he have a chance of being an all SEC player like is it is it yeah. possible that at the end of the season Tennessee has three of them I think so. I think you can you, get... you, you know, Grant's going to be one, and right now Admiral is a shoe in to make at least one of the first two teams. Yeah, and maybe I, th- I
1: think he'll be first team. Yeah, like
0: maybe Tennessee has two first team players, and right. then a, a, a second team
1: guy. Remind in phone. me how many teams they go? Do they go to? three? I believe they just
0: go two, okay. and they have like seven guys or yeah. seven or eight guys on each one. Like they do, they do an actual team, which I like. It makes it a little confusing, but I like it. Of like, hey, if we're if we're picking, if we're putting together an all star squad of the conference, we're not just going to have a starting five. We're going to try to have three bench guys, too. So, like, yeah. here's the here's the eight we're running with. So, I, I kind of like that. I think Tennessee's going to have two first-team guys, and I, I believe Bone has a chance to be on the the second team. Is that yeah. fair to say? I, I, think he,
1: I think he ends up on the second team if he keeps this, you know, some semblance of this level of play going. And, you know, obviously you're not going to get a 6-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio every night, but I think you can hope for a 3-to-1 like I I think that's fine to You take hope a, for. you
0: take that trade off, right? If you can drop down, okay, we'll give you a even a 2.5 or a 3 to 1 assist to turnover ratio, but we're going to hit 10% more threes for Jordan Bone, like you yeah. you take that trade, right? Because right now he is shooting uh
1: 11 of 46, so under 25%. Right. But you look at last year he shot 38% from 3, which was a giant step up from his freshman year where he was 30%. Yeah. It, I mean you know probably he ends up somewhere in the middle of that like thirty four thirty five but even then that's still fine he's You'll hitting that he's hitting
0: less than one on almost four shots a game so he's yeah. taking more threes and do we think that when you look at it that way of like he's doubled his attempts do you think that he starts making more or he takes less and those averages kind of work their way back up that way like he goes a couple he throws a couple one for threes together and raises the average a little bit? Or do you think um, there's like a, a chance where he's a 2-for-5 type of guy or a 3-for-8 a type of guy? Because just looking at his career so far, it seems like he hits a good clip of threes when he doesn't take a lot of threes.
1: Yeah, and I would be fine with that. And even if you look at the last three games, a super small sample size, but he's 4 of 10 from mm-hmm. 3. You know, 2 of 4, 1 of 4, 1 of 2. That would be fine. If, if you had that three-game stretch uh, somewhat consistently, you'd be pretty happy with that. And, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't think it's that he's taking necessarily bad uh, shots. Uh, on the, the catch-and-shoot threes, which I always mention in the previews, those are the best types of threes you can get, the no-dribble jumpers. Uh, 60% of his catch-and-shoot threes aren't guarded. There's no one within four feet. He's hitting 41% of those. The issue is on the guarded ones, he's only hit 20% on the season.
0: Yes, okay, so let's get him open shots.
1: Yeah, if you get him open shots, you'll be fine.
0: Okay. Uh, John Ard wants you to power rank the SEC teams. Ugh. All right. I don't know if you can go all the way to 10 cuz I feel like there's not enough data yet to really go through all 10, but like who do you think you can set you can separate them up in sections if you want, you can do it yeah. however you want. Just let's let's do tiers. Okay. So
1: we'll do I'll say the three SEC contenders. I go Number one Tennessee, number two Auburn, number three Florida over Kentucky.
0: Okay, so you're not buying Kentucky as an actual conference contender. No, because we've seen this deal. We I feel like
1: you know we we've seen this deal for two or three seasons now. Really since the Wisconsin game in the tournament, where they've had they you know they've had the slow start, late December, early January. They always have a game usually against Louisville, where they look good, and you're like, oh, okay, maybe this time they won't sleep through the first half of SEC play. Okay, and they s- always do.
0: Okay, so that's fair. So we're looking. Just, We're
1: looking season-long. I'm not looking at SEC tournament winners. Okay, yeah, winners, so just, but, I was going to say, just to
0: clarify... Because SEC tournament
1: winners, I go Tennessee, then Kentucky.
0: Yeah, but just to uh, chase the regular season crown, you think Kentucky's still going to have their their learning curve in conference yeah. play when things get tougher. Okay, that makes sense. When you said that, I was surprised, but when we when you think about it in that way and not the SEC tournament, because you know uh, Kentucky will be there. Yeah. Come Come March, but... They're, they're not going to do enough in January and early February for you.
1: No, not – Okay. And, and that's that's the misfortune we've discussed before is that Tennessee doesn't get to play them until mid-February. And that's usually when they've started, started to turn it around. That's when you really saw Kevin Knox take off last
0: year. Yeah, I'm okay with that this year. Like, I think Tennessee benefited from it last year, like getting them early. I'm okay with getting them at their best this year. Like, I'm not scared okay. of that. Like, obviously it would be easier on Tennessee if you got them in January, but um, – Let's play them at their best. Let's have a chance for that Saturday matchup in March to be like a top ten matchup. Yeah, top twelve, clean. top fifteen matchup. Like, let's. I'm okay with that. Okay. I thought the trade off last year was worth it, like getting to sweep them uh, before they peaked.
1: And then tier two for me. These are NCAA tournament teams. I don't really know where they're going to end up, but. They're you're they're probably not going to factor into the regular season crown, but there'll be an SEC tournament factor and then an NCAA tournament factor. Mississippi State and Kentucky. I'll, I'll go Kentucky ahead of Mississippi State. Okay, so so far we have
0: Tennessee, Auburn, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, un- until it actually happens, I'm not going to believe Kentucky isn't going to finish top four in this conference. Mm-hmm. They they haven't done they haven't finished below fourth since Billy Gillespie. It's just it's hard to envision happening.
0: Does Kentucky have?
1: This is going to sound weird, but
0: does Kentucky have talent?
1: Well, I I had discussed this with Seth uh, because, you know, after the Gonzaga By the way, just
0: got a text from Seth saying, just woke up.
1: Okay, I was going to
0: ask if he's woken up yet. Amazing. (laughs) 11.30 Eastern. (laughs) Uh, Granted, he's Central time, but—
1: Yeah,
0: so 10.30. uh, 10.30 over there. What a bum. (laughs) Especially because I had texted him yesterday. Now, granted, it was about 10 p.m., so who knows? Maybe he was— Doing New Year's festivities, but what a bum! He's having fun. What a bum! He was supposed to join us on this podcast. You hate to see it. So Kentucky, do they have talent? Well, like uh, top end talent. When I've when I've looked at NBA mock drafts, like Keldon Cal- Johnson, I think ends up a lo- low end lottery. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I'm gonna I have to scroll outside the top ten. Yeah, which is the first time you've had to do that in sure. a while. But Yeah, I mean, even, you know, like, you know, Shaw Gildress Alexander and Kevin Knox were around, you know, the early top ten. And, yeah. of course, in years prior, they have somebody in the top five usually. Yeah. So it seems like they don't – it seems like them missing out on the trio of guys who went to Duke, right? Like, it seems like Duke getting all three really left Kentucky picking over the rest. Yeah, and, and – And so far, it hasn't really – looked like they have a big time NBA prospect on this team, which is something that we're not used to when we're when we're looking at Kentucky versus Tennessee. It's always high end lottery picks versus veterans, right? And right, right now it's a really good group of veterans against maybe some first rounders. A yeah. couple, maybe, but you like have, not- you have like some twenty first
1: picks on that team.
0: Yeah, like this is a this team doesn't have a go to stud. No. Like, this doesn't even have a Jamal Murray. Like, I, I thought that was kind of the, the beginning the, of the best, end. For- the best player is a graduate transfer from Stanford. It's right. not like old And Kentucky he seems things. really annoying. He seems like he's going to be really hateable by the time the Tennessee yeah. game comes around. But, yeah, like, when you're looking, they don't have the, the go-to NBA prospect. Right, and this
1: is – what I was discussing with Seth after the Gonzaga game when he played Hachimura, who seems to be a pretty agreed upon top ten prospect.
0: Yeah, like right around the eight to twelve range, I've seen him consistently.
1: We had talked, and you know, we kind of thought for a second there, and it depends really on Keldon Johnson and or Naz Reed at LSU. Is Tennessee going to play a top ten pick in the remainder of the regular season? It's it's hard to say.
0: Are they going to play a top-ten pick in the regular season?
1: Yeah, the rest of the way. Because usually you'd you'd be able to say, like, oh, Tennessee's – when June would come around, you'd say, oh, Tennessee played four of these guys in the regular season or five of these guys.
0: I'm scrolling through the latest mock draft that came out. There's one that came out yesterday, and I don't know how good this one is. It's a – it's a Bleacher Report one, so I mean, like it could be anybody, but Jonathan Wasserman's a name that I believe I've he's, seen before. He's good, yeah. yeah, he's good. So he has the two, he has two Duke guys at top, Zion, R.J. Barrett. Then he's got Jamont, Jamorent, uh, Jam, Ja Morant. What the hell, yeah,
1: the Murray State guy. He's he's fun.
0: That's not a name I, I, I was struggling with that name. Ja Morant. He has yeah. him at number three.
1: He he crushed Auburn.
0: Cam Reddish, the other Duke guy. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. from USC, not the uh, the Gamecocks, but Southern Cal. Bull Bull, the freshman or, you know, the Oregon freshman. Right. Uh, Darius Garland at number seven, which obviously Tennessee would have played him at Vanderbilt. Yeah. But he's out, which is still wild that he's going to be a top ten yeah, pick. Yeah, that seems like that's going to get course corrected at some point. But you said this guy was good. You verify that you thought this guy was good before I went through it. So, he as of December 26, he still had Garland as a as the number seven pick, and then Jarrett Culver, Texas Tech, and then at nine he has Keldon Johnson. But even
1: yeah, I mean, and then
0: Rui Hachimura at number ten.
1: So right now you're not playing a guy who ranks higher. If that comes to fruition, you're not going to play a guy who ranked higher than ninth in the NBA draft.
0: But even then, Va Tech, Indiana, North Carolina. A guy from France, uh, Virginia, Texas, Duke, Missouri, and Jontae Porter, but he's mm-hmm. not playing. Uh, Gonzaga again and Brandon Clark, another North Carolina player. He has Tennessee, Grant Williams. Yeah. Getting picked number 21. Does that surprise you? Yes.
1: Because, I mean, prior to that, I don't think I'd seen Grant Williams higher than mid-second round in any of these drafts.
0: Does that surprise you? Like, are you are you, are you you wanting to take back that you thought this guy was good?
1: Which, which? oh, Wasserman? Yeah. No, he's good. And, I mean, I think Grant Williams deserves real NBA draft consideration. It's, so you just, think he, it's just on, like, can a team make him fit? Because he's still kind of figure like, he's been good from three this year, but he's still figuring that out a little bit oh my of extended his game. I didn't even think
0: about the prospect of Williams going pro early. I don't think he does. He
1: might! He could. I mean, he, he if he's projected
0: sh- right now as the number nineteen player. You don't come the, back if to school the, if the
1: team is if the team at twenty one wants him, he should go. Like you know, go get your money. But and it's it. A- Schofield. I think if I remember seeing this, isn't Schofield low end first round
0: in this? I don't know. Maybe I think he's twenty eighth. The Celtics seem like a p- guy who can make Grant Williams yeah. fit though. Like Grant Williams going to the Al Horford school of, <laughs> of picks and rebounding and and, and pushing the court. Michigan, Arkansas, Okay, so we'll play Daniel Gafford. Again, yeah. Iowa State, LSU, Virginia, Stanford, yeah, Schofield is number 28. So, you know, just running through that exercise, you had one guy that was, like, projected number nine, and then you were scrolling down to, like, you know, you got to a Tennessee player before Mm -hmm. you got to another opponent. So, yeah, yeah, it's not like they're going up against any type of studs this year. It's Yeah, it's a – Kind of a weak
1: schedule, SEC-wise.
0: I was wanting to ask, you know, I would got this question uh, a couple weeks ago, and, you know, I I dismissively set the over-under at 3.5, but maybe I'm having to reconsider. How many NBA players do you think are on this roster? Like, of guys who make the NBA Mm. and play. What do you mean by, do you mean, like, play a game in the NBA? Do you mean... I mean, like, make yeah, like, like make it through a season, not like a D league call up or G league call up. Set out to Gatorade. because
1: because it's like you could have a Ron Baker deal where it's a, a guy comes in and he played. I mean, he he played, played for three a full, years. Yeah, he
0: played. He played for a full season. He, he probably was, will play again. He but. was an NBA player. I mean, like, I think at this point, playing two or three seasons, yeah, like Tennessee isn't at a place to turn their nose up at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I given you know, I don't, I don't. I'm no expert at seeing how guys translate perfectly from college to NBA. You would know more about that than I would probably, but I would guess to I would say slightly over. I would lean four with William Schofield Alexander, then maybe Bone or Bowden, one gets on a roster somewhere.
0: Is there any chance by like a year and a half from now that that Pons has? has figured out his athleticism enough where he is also yeah, an well, NBA that, player.
1: That's the thing is, Pons, is the, he's the get-off-the-bus all-star.
0: Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm trying not to overrate our guys. Yeah. Like, Bone, to me, has because Because I, I don't think that, you know,
1: trying to be objective here, I don't think that any of the guys on our roster are going to be NBA stars, like top— 30 40 50 players. Oh no, no, I don't think so. Either. But I think they'll have but I, I think, think but I
0: didn't but I didn't you can think at least that,
1: squeeze out a couple uh 3 and D bench careers out but of But I, I, I
0: didn't think that Josh Richardson would be have yeah. the career he's having like he he's not a top 50 player, but he's probably looked at as a top 50 asset when you take mm-hmm. his contract. Yeah. into consideration cuz he he's gets a paid, great trade value. Yeah, guy. he gets 10 million million for the next 2 years and like as a, you know, as a as a, as a wing who can score and play defense, he's probably looked at uh, pretty favorably like if you need further proof of that, Miami was like, no, we're not putting Josh Richardson in a Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah, like he, he Josh Richardson might have cost them Jimmy Butler. Like they, they think of yeah. him pretty highly. Like I, Hon- honestly, is it costing? Maybe. Like I don't know how you feel about Jimmy Butler. Like I, I think it's that just kind of an a hole. Well, I, th- he, I mean, he is. But I feel like when the, I mean, not to go full Miami Heat NBA conversation, but when you look at their cap, yeah, I still got to finish this SEC power ranking before the end yeah, of the day. <laughs> when you look at their like cap situation, like they, they. Aren't going to be able to sign a star in the next couple of years. Like they're yeah. maxed out. So like, yeah, missing out on Jimmy Butler is a pretty big deal for them because okay, they don't really yeah. have a way of finding another Jimmy Butler. Like they're going to be at the point where they might have to trade for John Wall, Ooh. and take on that contract <laughs> just because like they have to overpay for a star Ooh. because they're not going to be able to sign one. So yeah, like them missing out on Jimmy Butler kind yeah, of was that point. kind of was a deal, but I don't feel like Bones and guy, He's just not big enough. I and see, at this point, him being a junior already. Okay. Like, when you get to 22 as a point guard, like, you're going to have your competition. And point guard's such a deep position in the NBA that, like, there's 25 guys who are better than Bone already there. Like, okay. and more coming and—or and, and or not, not 25 better than Bone. There's a lot better, more better than Bone, but I'm saying, like, there's 25 starters in the NBA who are looked at as good okay. at point guard, I would say. Like, it's the deepest position, and you look at— Someone like Trey Young, just for example, who's a bottom-tier point guard right now, but he's 19 years old. Yeah. You would think by the time he's 21, he will have taken big steps and be a lot better than Jordan Bone, right? So I think okay. Jordan Bone's age is going to hurt him, and, along with his size. Like, the Grizzlies took Carter from West Virginia. Javon, is it Javon Carter? Yeah, who was awesome. Right, but he, he was a veteran. He's, he's old, an older though. guy, but, like, he's a guy who can come in and play lockdown defense and be physical and tough, and he's big, like... Jordan Bone doesn't feel like that type of player. So I, I don't think he has great prospects. But I could see yeah. Bowden being a 3-and-D guy. Yeah. I could see him. And I could
1: see the Pons angle. And, sure. you know, maybe there's, I guess not on this roster, but next year obviously you'd see Josiah James making it someday. Yeah,
0: yeah. but on this roster I could see four getting a chance. But, and, I don't and, think Bone's going to. I think Grant and Admiral both have a couple years in the league. We'll see if they, they pin out. I think Admiral will. Yeah, and Grant's smart, but him just being undersized is going to be tough for him to find a position. Like he's going to have to go somewhere like the Spurs or the Celtics, where they can t- teach him a position and teach him how to shoot. Yeah, and to
1: to a to your point, you know, Bone is probably more of a Europe or overseas guy, but. You look at the list of guys who have played 30, 40 games in the NBA over the years, and it like you'd be surprised to see who has actually gotten time on rosters. Not to say that Bone is going to be this five or six year guy, but I feel like eventually he makes his way into an NBA game of some sort. Sure.
0: Uh, you want to keep running through your your power rankings to finish these rankings? <laughs> you don't have to get down to the bottom. I, I feel like you have. Um...
1: I got the top five. I'll I'll do the rest of the top ten. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Bubble teams, uh, I could see one of these teams making it, but not both. Or I could see none. Uh, Ole Miss and LSU.
0: Net doesn't have Grant, even as a first two-round. Not, like, y- not y- y- as crazy
1: y- about that site, because they struggle to update consistently okay. until about February, March.
0: Well, they said this was two days ago, but still.
1: Yeah, but they're kind of like an every-couple-weeks update, if okay. I remember. Okay, Do you have any opinions on Ole Miss or LSU? No. Okay. Good. I mean, I liked,
0: I liked, uh, I liked LSU coming into the season. I haven't really watched them though.
1: By the way, shout out to Ole Miss uh, firing Andy Kennedy after 35 years or whatever, and finally hiring a competent coach.
0: So they have a good coach. So yeah, Ole Kermit, Miss is, Kermit Davis. Okay, so Ole Miss is good.
1: Yeah, they're good. Uh, NIT tier: Alabama, Missouri, Arkansas, Georgia. I don't think any of these teams make the tournament. One of them probably makes a late bubble run, uh, but none of them appear to be all that good. Uh, Alabama in particular is a disappointment for me this year. I thought they'd be better than they are. Yeah, they Because John Petty is a legit, very good player.
0: Yeah, they have a roster full of like high prospects, and maybe Avery Johnson just can't maybe coach.
1: Maybe Avery Johnson sucks, maybe as we've j- said for three years
0: now. Maybe he just can't coach.
1: Maybe Colin Sexton single-handedly carried him to the tournament. And then the, these are the teams that are not going to be in any real postseason factor or of any interest to anyone. A&M, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt at least has the Garland excuse. You can't really beat that. Uh, South Carolina was expected to be a lot better than they are this year. And uh, judging from what I've seen on uh, the very little time I've spent on Twitter this week, Gamecock fans are not too happy with Frank Martin right now. That Final Four Goodwill is going away. It's quick. gone, huh? Yeah, it's it's w- dwindling quick. And then at A&M, uh, this could be Billy Kennedy's last year.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're done for. Yeah. All yeah. right. Do we have any other questions? No. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Shout out to uh, Healthy Bean Coffee. Go buy your coffee from there. Use the promo code Ranch Gang. It's coffee that will help jumpstart your day. Obviously, all coffee is, but this one's also healthy. This one's also healthy and has protein. It'll get your fiber right, your antioxidants, all that good stuff. Use the promo code Ranch Gang, Will Warren, appreciate your time. You'll put up your Georgia preview on Friday?
1: Yeah. Here, here's a little bet for the Ranch Gang. If they can get me to uh, 1,000 followers by Friday. Look at you. I've got 959. I'm going to do the Dominic Wood Anderson thing and then, I hear just pandering. Be, a, then be a total bust and suck. Uh, if you can get me to 1K, I'll do a long... Uh, Sort of a season-long review of what's happened so far. Give a, some special consideration to the defense. Um, take another look at the offense. I'll put it exclusively for uh, Reed's Ranch patrons. Listen
0: to Will Warren. Trying
1: Got to, to pander. pander.
0: Trying to pander for followers. <laughs> Follow jaw rate. You want on your uh, your your personal account or your yeah, stats per- account? Personal. Okay, I don't care about the stats count right okay. now. Okay, rate plus plus. Okay, jaw yeah. rate plus. Good job, John. All right, Will Warren. Give, give Will Warren his followers. That way he will give you a long form. Give me my treats. Give him his treats. <laughs> will appreciate the time. Yes. We'll grab Seth in a couple days, recap the Titans game and stuff when he's uh, awake. But uh, looking forward to patreon.com slash ranch if you want to follow Will's projections. He's hit two perfectly so far. And I'm going to say that you've been really close on the other ones in terms of margin of victory. Mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, covering the spread and The, the and haters and
1: losers are not happy that I'm having such success. The coward Wes Rucker has not unblocked me.
0: Sad. Despite Grant Ramey retweeting both of those. But you are doing a uh, good job at looking and, uh, and kind of projecting the basketball scores. So, yeah, patreon.com slash reedsranch if you want to become a patron and get access to that. Uh, met a couple patrons at the Titans tailgate. I was going to talk more about that with Seth. But I'll go ahead and give him two shout outs. So get one with Seth too. But shout out to uh, Parker Zolman, new five dollar patron. Shout met Park- to Parker, met Parker at the uh, Titans tailgate, and he said he was going to sign up, and he did. It was fun. But this I'll is make the sure part where
1: I tell people I love them, right? Yeah, but he okay. he, he specifically Becau- said he Seth is uh, uh, still in a REM right now. Right.
0: He he specifically said he wanted to love you from Seth. So we're going to do a double dip. But okay. uh, well, but shout out to him. We'll talk soon. Enjoy uh, your start to 2019. Don't break your resolutions yet. See you guys.